And welcome back to our Mission and Vision series. Every year we like to revisit what it is that we're all about uh, at 92 Ministries, our values, and what God has called us to do as a family of believers. Today we talk about the grow root. So out of the five G's, we've covered the gather root, which is about worship together, how important that is. The group root, which is about getting together with eight to 12 other, two to three, eight to 12 other Christian people and doing life together in groups. Today's the grow root. Just if you're a church of one, boiling it down just to you and the Lord, how are you thriving? Is it just surviving or is it just withering away? Whatever it is that, that you see in your relationship with the Lord God, we're going to encourage you by the gospel. Of course, then give and go roots. Those are really extensions or expressions of how much we are just flourishing in Christ as part of the joining of the fruit and service to others. Uh, before we jump into our message then, why don't we ask the Lord God to bless us, uh, and we'll do so in prayer. Sanctify us by the truth, O Lord. Your word is truth. Amen. Got a question for you as we start off our conversation today. Would you survive if it just depended on you? I'm thinking worst case scenarios. It's a terrible way to start off a message. Worst case scenarios. Let's get really dark. Let's say we were up against a natural catastrophe of some kind. Some super volcano blew up. Or, or let's say, and God forbid any of this would happen, our country's invaded by uh, foreigners like uh, Russia or China or our good friends up north Canada. Whatever, I don't know. <laughs> so would they invade us? But let's say we lost our freedoms and so on, and it just came down to you surviving off the land and off the grid. Let's say again, God forbid, there would be maybe another pan pandemic, but worse than the first, at least a few years ago. Uh, would we survive? Would we thrive even? As I was talking uh, about this to my wife, just preparing for today's message, I had to admit to her, I was like, I, I think we're goners. <laughs> I don't think we would survive. I'm sorry. I've let you down as a husband and as a, fa a father. Uh, and she laughed. She's like, yeah, that's right. We probably wouldn't. So, okay then. So I decided, you know, I'll, just, I'll do a little studying. I'll, I'll get a little more intentional about how, how would I handle things if everything was gone tomorrow. Uh, so, of course, I went to Amazon. And I literally ordered Prepper's Long-Term Survival Guide. I get no proceeds from this, too. I'm just, I actually haven't even read it. I don't know if it's any good or whatever. But it's Surviving Food, Shelter, Security, Off-the-Grid Power, More Life-Saving Strategies for Self-Sufficient Living. Now, what bothers me is this is the second edition. <laughs> Did I miss something somewhere? Or, hmm. So, but at least if anything with that question, maybe I've got you interested a little bit more, and maybe you'd survive. Maybe you've already thought this through. But it's good to plan and prepare for worst-case scenario things. It's not a bad idea. Of course, what I love about this and any scenarios, we have a Savior God. He is our refuge and strength, whatever might come. Whether it's a personal thing, a family thing, a national thing, a world thing, God promises, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. God's children don't have to go around begging for bread. Not permanently, not eternally. No, we, we have what we need in Jesus. So that gets me to thinking then, what if we were to spin this question around and just ask spiritually? Never mind the world, God's got that. 
But how about you and your relationship with the Lord? If it all came down to just you and surviving spiritually, would you survive? Do you have enough means and wherewithal to make your relationship with the Lord work? If we can speak human uh, talk here and knowing and resting securely on the Lord in all things. But if it came down to you, just humanly speaking, would you survive spiritually? Or do we depend all together just on the gather root in worship? Is that where we pretty much not only survive but thrive in the Lord? Or, or do we really rely only on the group and gather roots? But as far as the grow root at home, you know, are, are we connecting to Jesus regularly? Are we growing and owning our Bible does it make sense to us? Are you convinced that this is really practical just to be in the word every day and having God's thoughts drive us? It's a good thing. It's a, it's a great thing. It's a life thing. How are you doing if it all just came down to you? Which kind of brings us to one of our core values here. Core values, so as a 92 ministry team and leadership team and a membership, we do have some core values that we've derived from the scriptures. Again, we rip off everything from the Bible, and that's a good thing. Jesus wants us to. We have core values we've developed to help us remember what this life is all about, how God has so loved us, and then how we live our life and love to others. So some core values uh, maybe if you heard this one, 200 proof, grace and truth, right? You heard Pastor Tim mention that, Pastor Mike, or some of the other pastors that preach. Anybody heard that one, 200 proof, grace and truth, right? That's a core value. That means it all boils down to the word. And yes, it's all about truth. Sanctify us by the truth. Your word is truth. And as we proclaim that truth, it's 200 proof, grace and truth, right? We, we do so with the love of Jesus, at least that's our goal, uh, or another one, we do life together. So that kind of emphasizes the grow root. How many of you have heard that, that, that phrase, we'll do life together, let's do life together, right? Uh, how about this one, faith is homegrown. Does that sound familiar at all? I, it is a core value of ours, and I think because of the nature of our ministries here and all that we do at St. Peter and at the core and in the school or at Lighthouse or with our youth programs and so on, we have so much going on that sometimes, maybe on rare occasions, do we only get to focus on this truth. And that faith, you could say, is all about your best church life boiling down to one. We do recognize that in the church here, Every individual member is really a church of one in the end. And that faith and the strength of all of us together and our gather group roots, it all comes down to the strength of one. Strength of how your home is doing. And as a church, we are here for you and your home, whether you're a home of one or a home of several, mom, dad, single parent, blended family, kids. We want to see you thrive at home. We know that really faith starts there. And especially if you have children in your household. Did you know that as much as we look to inform the faith here or talk about the faith, we don't hold a candle to your influence in the home because you live out grace. You don't have to be perfect. But you live out before your children, whether this is true or not. And so the grow root, really, you could say in some respects is everything. 
that you could still be okay even if you didn't have the gather or group roots. Now, it's all a gift from God. It's all essential. But faith is truly homegrown, and that's what we're focusing on today. And, and in such a way, I'm going to challenge us this, this way. It, it's survival depends on you. Your individual faith and the faith that permeates your home, that de- depends on you. Are you surviving? Are you even thriving? Again, I, I want to encourage you, though, and qualify this. Obviously, faith is a gift from God. And how did we get faith in the first place? It wasn't by what we did. Praise God, because I would blow it. <laughs> Just like the survival guide that I know I couldn't follow. Uh, spiritually, if it depended on me to have a relationship with God. And so God makes a relationship with us, makes a relationship with me. We've got nothing to worry about. He claimed us in baptism for many of us as infants. We didn't even get a choice, but praise God, I don't want to cho- choose. I, I, I want him to choose me. I want him to claim me. And he encourages us by giving us faith and strengthening that faith. And then he gives us his word, and we hear that regularly. And, and then in a tangible way, just so you know this, this is a one-on-one thing, the church boils down to one, he gives us the sacrament of the Lord's Supper. He comes to you, literally comes to you in his real presence, in, with, and under the bread and wine, to claim you individually. This is how faith works. And so if we're going to talk about survival and how faith and keeping it depends on you, just in this sense, as we respond to God's love, and he has so loved us, how can we live in such a world and live our lives in such a way that we remove all obstacles from God claiming us, not only in church, but in the home? So let's take a look a little bit at the grow root. And again, this is something that we five pastors just came up with. But God's people have been praising God for this grow root for thousands of years. I'd like to go right back to Moses and just see how he envisions this church life, the best church life, or even more, your best life. Uh, in Deuteronomy chapter 6, Moses says this. Having written the first four books of the Bible and now his last book, Deuteronomy, his last final word to God's people, he says, I want you to talk about these things. God's word, God's promises, God's commands, God's will. I want you to talk about all of God's thoughts, his words for you. Where? Well, at home. When you sit at home. And then, yeah, when you go out, when you walk along the road or when we're driving down the highway, when you lie down, when you get up, you, you see it's a 24-7, 365 kind of thing. And that's where the gather root just isn't enough. It's only an hour that we have. Or the group, group, group root, is, it's only an hour and a half plus. The grow root that Moses is talking about is all-encompassing every waking hour. He says, look, take God's word, all his promises, all his desires, his will, and tie them. He's speaking figuratively. Tie them as symbols on your hands. So whatever you put your hands to, may God's word be the driver behind it. Bind it to your forehead. So whatever your your thoughts are about which drive your heart, your hands, your feet, let it all be caught up, bound to God's word. So much so that you'll write it on the door frames of your houses and on your gates, that basically when the world looks at you, they're going to be like, oh, those are God's word people. 
That's all they're about. And it's not like they're religious nuts. <laughs> it's that they really see life only comes from God and only continues by having thoughts, words, and actions transformed by God's thoughts, the Bible. She gets us back to Psalm 1. Hundreds of years later, the psalmist would say the same thing in, in, in envisioning this beautiful life, not just a church life, but just life that flourishes. He says, how blessed is the man who does not walk in the advice of the wicked, who does not stand on the path of sinners, who does not sit in a meeting with mockers, but his delight. Oh, it's in the teaching of the Lord, and on his teaching, he just meditates. He chews on it day and night. Such a one is like a tree planted beside streams of water. It yields its fruit in season. Its leaves do not wither. Everything he does just prospers. You see how the grow root is really emphasized. That, that happens because in the home, the word of God is claiming everything and bringing life and abundance. So this is what we mean when we talk about the grow root. If it helps just to get it in our mind because sometimes there's overlap. Gather, group, grow. Isn't it the same thing? Well, yes, but it is distinct. Gather, worship, group, small groups. Grow, that's you. And that's Jesus. And it's just you and his word. So I got a couple questions that I'd like you to wrestle with. We'll wrestle with together to assess how is your grow root? Because I know in many areas, on percentage-wise, not a lot of Christians are able to give this much thought. They're not very intentional necessarily. So it's a growth opportunity. How is your grow root doing? Well, ask yourself this question. Does Scripture fill every aspect of your life? What does that mean? Well, when you got up this morning, and uh, like many families, maybe you were scrambling to get here, and you were telling your kids, like, hey, we got to go, got to go, got to, any, any other, any families like that? <laughs> even, oh, oh, even though I just have a seventh grader at home, that's kind of, that's kind of our life at home too, which is why I like when I have to preach, then I don't have to worry about that. I just take care of myself. It's actually easier to preach than it is to be a family of more than one. So, okay. So God bless you. You're here. When you got up in the morning, were you thinking like, ah, yes, we're going to go to church because God. And it just calmed the stress. And when your kids, maybe kids, when you're brushing your teeth, you're like, I'm doing this for Jesus. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And when you're eating your scrambled eggs and you're putting your salsa on that and just enjoying life, it's like, ah, this is because of God. And now off we go. Anybody that excited about life from day to day? Probably not. Uh, I know I'm not. But, but this is God's vision if his word is able to permeate our lives. Maybe it's not over the top, like, oh, yay, I can't wait to get to school and take that difficult test or go to work and see if I have a job or whatever. I, yay, go Jesus. <laughs> but there is that solemn joy that you can have even in those difficult times. That only comes when God's word permeates our whole lives. And that only comes when we're in the word daily. And I guess what I'm getting at too, could you say of everything you do, every thought, every word, every action, as you celebrate good times, as you cope with difficult, hard times and burdens, can you say, if somebody were to ask you, why do you do that? 
Why do you think that way? Why do you say what you do? Why do you go about life as you do? Good times, coping, hard times. Could you say, because Jesus, Jesus is the reason why I breathe. He's the reason why I go about things, and when I forget about him, I'm quick to say, Lord, drive me, motivate me. Let it all be because of Jesus. In fact, I think that would be a great t-shirt, just because Jesus. And people are like, well, what's that about? Well, whatever I do, I strive to, to let it be because Jesus. Again, I didn't come up with that. None of us pastors came up with that. But, but the essence of the grow root is to say, God's going to claim it all, give us life. Jesus is life. He came to give us life in abundance. If everything it is that we do is because of Jesus, that's life. Whatever is done apart from Jesus, just because, or I feel this way, or I was pressured into this, there's no life there just yet. And so that's why Paul says it this way, for the love of Christ compels us, and he has no qualifiers. 2 Corinthians 5 is where he says this, that our motivation in all things, how blessed it is if we see it's because Jesus. He says, for the love of Christ compels us, because we came to this conclusion. One died for all, therefore all died. Jesus came to die so that the lives that we were living, which were just full of emptiness and death, could die too. So that real life could be had and, and begin. And, and he says it this way, he says, and so he died for all, so that those who live would no longer live for themselves, because that's just empty and there's no real life there, no lasting happiness, and hard times are devastating. He says, so they no longer live for themselves, but for him who died in their place and was raised again. Just as the love of you compelled Jesus to come and live, so to now, so caught up by that love, can we say it's his love that drives me? I know I can't, not completely so. On my de better days, a little more so. But you see, this is the life that God puts before us. And how's your grow root then, doing then? When we're at home, are your thoughts filled just with God's thoughts from his word? If not, there's growth. There's opportunity to grow. Think on that, and then let's wrestle with this other question then. This is really the extension of when God's thoughts captivate our whole life and, and all our thoughts and transforms us. This is the goal then that, that we live out. Do you interact with others like God does with you? We begin to see people in a different light. Uh, by nature, we have this tendency, and even with family and friends, to look at others as objects that are there to serve us and to bless us. Uh, and as much as we love our families, too, it's kind of true. It's like, look, I'll be good with you. We'll have a good relationship if you do your part, <laughs> whether spouse or children or parents or others. But God changes all of that. When we know that Christ loved us when we were just unlovable and made us lovable, well, we'll treat everyone that way too. At least we'll grow in that. And here's what God does. Have you noticed this about God? He blesses both the righteous and the wicked. And bearing his image again restored, that's his desire for us to even love the unlovable. 
Why? Because in that, there's joy. Just as Jesus said, it's better to give than to receive. Jesus said it this way, and this is the grow root. Again, if God is encompassing all our thoughts from day to day as words in our hearts all the time, we can do this. Matthew chapter 5, he says, so love your enemies. Pray for those who hurt you and persecute you. Why? So that you may be children of your Father who's in heaven, so that you might be a chip off the old block. For God makes his sun to rise on the evil and the good, and it sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. doesn't matter. They're loved. And God just keeps pouring out blessing and blessing upon all people so that, God willing, by grace, everyone might see him as, as their father. Is your life that free? Do you feel that liberated that when you look at anyone, you can say, I'm just going to love you. And how good it is to love those who are lovable. <laughs> but to even say of those who annoy us, who are intolerable, who are our enemies, to say, I'm going to love you too. Oh, because God fills my life. His word drives my heart because Jesus. And there's no other way to live. That is why we at 92 say, yeah, faith is homegrown. Own your Bible. Not at all because we want to give you another thing to do to get stressed about. Because but practically, there's no other way to live. Because apart from God's thoughts and God's word, it's just kind of empty. And it's just not going to bring us the joy or the happiness. Because we're just by nature selfish and sinful. And we think that'll make us happy, but it doesn't. Which leads us back to... Paul's thoughts, again, from 2 Corinthians 5. And I'll just kind of fill in a blank here. Are we loving both the righteous and the wicked like God our Father does? Do we have views of others that's not according to the sinful nature, the flesh? Are we selfless? And are we fighting the selfish view of things? Paul says it this way, 2 Corinthians 5. Notice this. For the love of Christ compels us, right? So that's God's word permeating our lives, claiming everything. And the result, that from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh, the sinful nature, but everyone we, we, we're here to serve and love. And there's joy in that. Now, we got to admit, too, the world would say, that sounds crazy. <laughs> Why would you live your life with other person's thoughts, of God's thoughts, and not your own? And then why would you give away your life to love others selflessly? What joy is there in that? And so the world has its own thoughts and abuses and uses everyone else and rids their life, that, that path, of anyone that gets in the way. So God's his kingdom is an upside-down kingdom. His word is an upside-down kind of thing. And yet we would find there's no better life to live. And so, friends, if we can answer yes to both of those questions, then we have a strong grow root. Only with a, a strong grow root being in the word of God every day can we say, yes, God's word just fills my life. Christ compels me, and I truly love other people, even above myself. Now, the only one who did that is Jesus. But you're Christian, and now God says, you get to be like me. And I'll carry you every step of the way. 
which is why I got some proof passages here. The Apostle Paul, this is exactly why he says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Let it just fill every fiber of your being. Let God's love compel you. Live for others. And you'll have a blessed church life, even more a blessed life, a happy life. This is why our Lord Jesus says in Luke chapter 10, he says, few things are needed, or indeed only one. If you want to survive even more, thrive, comes down to the word of God in your home. And Mary has chosen what is better, and it won't be taken from her. And so for the Grow Root today, take this one thought away. For your best church life, your best personal life, own your Bible. Make it your life school to master it. Wrestle with God's word like Jacob wrestled with the angel until God blesses you. But, but don't see it as a have to, and don't do it because you're afraid. Well, what will become of me if I don't? So even though I started out with this whole survival scenario, be comforted. Spiritually, it doesn't depend on you. The grow root is a free thing. If you develop it in the Lord, you'll see that it's all just about being a blessing to you. And that's what I love. And this is the comfort I want to leave you today with. How cool is it to know that when you're in the Bible, you're just going to read about how the Bible says God's with you and that you've got a family of believers that's eternal. You'll never be alone. You'll never have to do this life alone. And that even if in your last hours you feel all alone and you can't hear or see any other person, the Bible in your heart proclaims to you that there is one who sticks closer than a brother, Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior. And that hour, that last hour of our lives when it's just a church of one, when it's just you, God will be there. He already is. This is why we preach the grow root. Why we say bold things like faith is homegrown. So as we think about those things today, let God's love overwhelm you, which comes from the word. May it renew us to reevaluate things. If it's been a while since we've opened up that book, just to say, you know, Lord, today's a good day. Like Mary, I'm going to sit at your feet. Just speak to me. May God give us such faith and such a grow root. Amen.